invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. As I cast about for those who would be willing to share their song of the soul, sometimes I pursue those with a song that has touched my soul, and sometimes I'm led somewhere by a listener who has had their soul touched, and in some cases, like today, those leadings intersect. My guest today is Libby Roderick, born and raised in Alaska, and she's the source of a song that, while it's not top 40 material, has nonetheless touched perhaps millions of people worldwide. I'll play that song, How Could Anyone?, and then I'll get Libby on the phone for our visit. Song of the Soul today, Libby Roderick, How Could Anyone? How could anyone ever tell you you were anything less than beautiful How could anyone ever tell you You were less than whole How could anyone fail to notice That your loving is a miracle How deeply you're connected to my soul How could anyone ever tell you You were anything less than beautiful how could anyone ever tell you You were less than whole How could anyone fail to notice That your loving is a miracle How deeply you're connected to my soul How could anyone ever tell you You were anything less than beautiful How could anyone ever tell you You were less than and whole How could anyone fail to notice That your loving is a miracle How deeply you're connected to my soul How could anyone ever tell you You were anything less than beautiful How could anyone ever tell you You were less than whole how could anyone fail to notice That your loving is a miracle How deeply you're connected to my soul How could anyone ever tell you You were anything less than beautiful How could anyone ever tell you You were less than whole How could anyone fail to notice that your loving is a miracle How deeply you're connected to my soul 
could anyone ever tell you You were anything less than beautiful How could anyone ever tell you You were less than whole How could anyone fail to notice That your loving is a miracle How deeply you're connected to my soul How could anyone ever tell you you were anything less than beautiful. How could anyone ever tell you you were less than whole? How could anyone fail to notice that your loving is a miracle? That's How Could Anyone by Libby Roderick. And I'll tell you up front that major portions and one song from this interview will not be available in this broadcast, but you'll find them as bonus excerpts on northernspiritradio.org. But for the rest, we can go by phone to Anchorage, Alaska right now to speak to Libby Roderick. Libby, it's thrilling to have you here today for Song of the Soul. I'm delighted to be with you thrilling because at least one of your songs I've known forever. I actually didn't know the name attached to it, but so many people have experienced it as a song of healing that as soon as I found the name attached to it, I knew I had to talk to you. I think it must feel kind of bad, though, to have one song that you're known by. Wouldn't you really rather be like Simon and Garfunkel and have, you know, 20 songs that are the definitive Libby? (laughs) Well, I'm honored to have that one song to be known by. It has brought extraordinary stories through my life of astonishing things that people are doing all around the planet to heal themselves, heal others, heal their communities, heal their planet. So... I feel fortunate if I have to be known by one father that it would be that one. The stories that are the most moving to me are the letters that we've received from people who are sharing these incredibly intimate stories. There was one story that still stays with me. It was one of the earliest stories I received about how could anyone. It came from a lovely woman in Spokane. She was a foster mother to crack babies, babies who'd been impacted by their mother's ingestion of crack cocaine while they were in the womb. And she was a foster mom who just took these little infants in between when they had been released from the state and were waiting for their adoptive foster parents to come and get them. And she had one little girl that came through an infant who just cried and cried and cried and cried all of the time, all of the time, all of the time. And it was breaking this woman's heart. And she was scrambling to try to find anything to soothe this child and nothing was working. And she put on my first recording, which is called If You See a Dream, and it has several songs preceding How Could Anyone. And the baby kept crying and kept crying and kept crying until they would play that song. And then the next song would come and the baby would start crying again. So she just, and this was not in the days where you could easily just go back and forth as we can now. So she had to keep rewinding things and playing the song and rewinding and playing the song and rewinding. Every time she did, the baby would be peaceful. So then when the representatives of the state came to take the child to her next home, she sent them off with the recording and told them about it and was hoping that they would help that child rest that way. That story really stuck with me. I mean, I, none of us have any idea why that would be true, right? Maybe maybe the baby heard it when she was in the womb. Who knows, right? But those intimate stories, we've had thousands and thousands of them over the years of the ways in which people have used that for good have been so moving to me because what I learned, of course, is that so many people are doing the best they can to make our world a place worth living in for all of us and for all the creatures. And so 
like I said, I'm honored that that happens to be the song I get to be part of. You know, I think that there's certain songs that are imprinted on us that somehow speak to us from our childhood and, and sense. If you got to be just held in someone's arm and rocked at the times when you're hurting, do you know what that song is for you? I've not really thought about that. It would probably be a lullaby sung by my mother, who is no longer with us. She just sang little songs from her childhood, so they weren't particularly special in terms of the content. But I think you're right. I think that when people who love us, particularly when we're children, sing to us, I think it's as much the fact that we're hearing them sing to us, <laughs> right? That they are conveying love through their voices to us through music that makes them so precious. I would normally hope that a religious or spiritual gift that anyone would give to another member of that congregation would be that blessing is within you and that you're you're full and whole that way. Is that a message you got or I mean where did it come from into your song? It comes from love. And what actually happened was somebody that I loved very much, this is of course now what 25 years ago or more, called me up on the phone and was in tears about themselves, about feeling very poorly about who they were inherently. And I was so shocked because I knew how hard this person had worked to reclaim their whole selves. And I knew and know how stunningly fabulous they are. So it was simply my heartfelt response to that suffering that inability to see their own glory and how much they mattered that brought that song out in a matter of about five minutes in response to that. So it was a message of, it was a response song to our inherent connection to each other and how how really connected we all are. And I understand that part of it. I had anticipated that part of it. But my real question was, where are the roots in you that give you the generosity, the belief, the inherent faith that those things are true? Because a lot of people don't believe them. A lot of people believe we're deprived human being, depraved, deprived. We're somehow not worthy in ourselves. And I'm wondering where the roots in your upbringing and your history, your development brought you to have that generous and loving outlook? Well, I guess my first thought would be, I think we're all born with that awareness, that it is inherent to human infants, babies, children, adults, to humans, to know that we are all inherently whole and worthwhile and beautiful and imperfect and beloved and connected and challenged and, you know, that we are whole and that you actually have to steal that away or threaten that away or abuse that away from a person. So why I'm saying that is that I, I didn't get any special messages coming my way saying anything special, and I've had infinitely more than my share of challenges. <laughs> I haven't had an easy life. You do live in Alaska, after all. Yes, that's true. Born and raised. <laughs> in, indeed. I've lost dozens and dozens of people to death. And my journey has been difficult in many, many ways. One of the other great blessings in my life being born and raised in Alaska is that we have seven major indigenous nations up here, and they are still on their ancestral lands, right, 10,000 years in the same place. Now, they've taken massive hits, of course, from the genocidal policies of the U.S. over the last couple centuries, and 
simultaneously, they have managed to preserve and keep intact some of these 10,000-year-old traditions, worldviews, languages. Some of our elders are still with us. The practices of harvesting wild foods from the land and so on. What I have learned from that, from living in two cultures, right, where I've watched the non-native culture increasingly present in Alaska, particularly during my lifetime when the oil pipeline was built that unleashed a big wave and, and successive waves of immigrants from the lower 48 up to Alaska. So I watched sort of the mainstream culture come right over the lands that I was living on when I was a teenager. And on the other hand, had, for a number of reasons, a great deal of exposure to traditional Alaska Native ways. What I've learned from that is that that potential for self-centeredness, for, you know, narcissism, for greed, it exists and it is culturally managed, either well or poorly. And our indigenous cultures have some astonishing cultural technologies for channeling the potentials in human beings to go the wrong way, so to speak, to go against life-affirming activities. They channel them intelligently, structurally, they have ceremony, they have practices that bring people back into the fold, they have conflict management practices, they have all sorts of storytelling practices, they have so many different interventions to ensure that the life-affirming, group-supporting aspects of the human personality are developed and the other things are managed. And the dominant Western culture has it flipped over. And the elders up here call us the reverse society, <laughs> saying we've got everything just flipped on its head, right? So that for, just for example, in a lot of the traditional indigenous nations up here, you know, the person who has access to the most wealth because he might be the best hunter or she might be the best harvester or what have you, is honored on the basis of how much they give away, right? That's what potlatches are all about that that person demonstrates their leadership, gains their respect by sharing the most with their community, showing the most generosity, the most collaborative, cooperative activities. Whereas in the mainstream culture, right, we celebrate the people who hoard the most. They accumulate, they hoard, and they only indulge themselves, by and large. You think Donald Trump, right? So I think that we do have those potentials in all of us, and the question is, how do we shape them in the direction that is the most life-affirming for all? Well, I've got a choice right now. My choice is to have you play more of your music because <laughs> I think that's probably something that will help us be on that path. I hope so. So what would you like to share next? Well, maybe given that, why don't we share the song, Is That What You Really Want? And tell us a little bit about that. Well, that song was written many years ago when I was grappling with this question of overconsumption which in the U.S. is a major issue, as we all know, and it's a critical issue. And my, the purpose of the song was to raise that question on the deepest level of what is it we're really after, right? When we want to buy that Porsche, when we need to have that second home, when we just have to buy that candy bar, when we have to buy that latte, when we have to buy this, where we have to buy that buy, 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 which is contributing, obviously, to the damage to the planet as well as inequity across the world. What are we trying to do, right? It's difficult sometimes in the midst of all this advertising to know what you really want at the bottom level. So the purpose of the song was to raise the question, what do you really want? Because I do think ultimately that we all on that essence level really want the same thing, which truly is a world in which all beings 
are thriving. Is that what you really want? Or did nobody ask you? Is that what you really think? Or did nobody care? Is that who you really are? Or did nobody notice? Is that what you really want? Or did nobody These your most precious dreams Or did you leave them behind you When you were a young one Just to get through Is it money you really need Or someone to come find you Hold on darling I am coming for you Do you need another beer Or should I just hold you Do you need another child Or a dream Is it sex that you really want? Or are you searching for God herself? Have you painted a picture of you as a boy, as a girl? Remember the playground dreams that kept us in rapture? The boy who would dance his life, the girl who could fly. The longing to touch and be touched, the burning for life, the passion to have it all. Deep down inside Is that what you really want? Or did nobody ask you? Is that who you really are? Just to run with the crowd Is that what you really love? Or did nobody ask you? And if nobody asked you I am asking you Is That What You Really Want by Libby Roderick. Her website, LibbyRoderick.com. You can also follow the link from Northern Spirit Radio if you're spelling challenged like I am. Libby Roderick is also Turtle Island Records, I think you call it, yes? Yeah, yeah. And your views on how much you have to have and possess, how much is that influenced by the fact that you grew up in Alaska where you did? Does that make you more or less likely to think that things are important? Well, speaking only for myself, since there are many people I know who are born in Alaska who have gone a different direction, it was profoundly impactful to me to be introduced fairly early in my life to indigenous cultures here, had the impact of saying, 
you don't need anywhere remotely close to what the advertisers are telling you. That's not an inherent need. It's the manufactured want. My family also was in the Peace Corps in India when I was a child for a little while. And I saw the same thing, right, where you could have a dozen kids having as much fun with a stick and an old tire. I mean, truly ecstatic fun, more fun even than sometimes I can see the children in my life who have piles of Christmas gifts and are bored and dissatisfied within a few moments. I was also a Peace Corps volunteer. I was in West Africa, Togo. Ah, and yeah. so I saw the same kind of thing with kids with virtually nothing, and yet the creativity and how boredom never was their impulse, I think. Right, right. We're so much surrounded by our stuff. So few of us have contact with real things. It's a larger and larger percentage of us living in cities where concrete and human-formed things are all around us. It profoundly changed just how we think. That is very true. Share some more of your music. What's next? Well, let's see. Um, given what we were just talking about, perhaps we should do low to the ground. There's spiritual and religious implications to keeping low. I think the Shakers in particular would use that term, keep low. And it, mm. it is about ego. It is about how we see ourselves compared to other things. How do you use low to the ground? Well, this song came in the middle of the night. A long time ago, I was, as I obviously do, was sort of wrestling in my heart with what were the key issues, where did we need to move so that we had a better shot at protecting and preserving our our world. And I had heard Joseph Campbell talk about his vision for the future, and it was a high-tech vision, and I did not resonate with it. And so I was sort of searching for well, where was my vision, and and this is the song that kind of poured out as a result. And it, and it really, for me, does mean let's put our resources and attention on the simple things in life, just like what you're saying, that we know have worked for centuries, since time immemorial. If we stay low to the ground, is some of the words, you know, live close to the earth, don't stray very far from your soul. It's simple things show us the reason we're here, and it's simple things keeping us whole. It's about where does our true satisfaction come from? What do we really want, right? What actually makes us happy, content, connected, a whole functioning, contributing creatures? And that, in my mind, just like you were saying, a big part of it comes from understanding that our primary relationship is with the earth as much as it is with any of our human connections. Yeah, we're made from the earth. We are of the earth. And it's only by illusion that we think we're disconnected. So, Low to the Ground is the song. It's by Libby Roderick. We stand on the edge of a cliff In the deepest night I've ever seen People looking for light People who cherish a dream But the light shining out from our eyes And the dreams resting deep in our souls magic we're needing to keep us from falling It's magic we already know It's music that keeps us alive It's dancing that sets our hearts free It's children remember the laughter in life It's animals teach us to see Stay low to the ground Live close to the earth far from your soul It's simple things show us the reason we're here and it's simple things keeping us whole Tell 
me the place you were born the Lives that your ancestors left Ground that surrounded the people you love Streams from which you were fed Wind that carries the sea And the sea that carries the song Food that we're eating is rooted in soil And it's soil that is keeping us strong Music that keeps us alive It's dancing that sets our hearts free As children remember the laughter and life As animals teach us to see Stay low to the ground Live close to the earth Don't stray very far from your soul It's simple things show us reason we're here and it's simple things keeping us whole Simple, upbeat music, low to the ground. 
It's by Libri Roderick. She's here with us today from Anchorage, Alaska. This is Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find almost nine years of our programs for free listening and downloading. You find a place to post comments. You'll find links to our guests. And so when you want to track down Libby Roderick, LibbyRoderick.com. Also, you can follow the link from NordenSpiritRadio.org. Also, there's a place to donate. That is how we make this program possible. It's through your donations. It's not through corporate income or any other form. Please support us. But even more so, I'd like to encourage you to support your local community radio station. They make such a valuable difference in this world by bringing you a slice of music and news that you just get nowhere else. So start off by supporting them. And also support Libby by going to her site, finding some more of her fabulous music. There are six recordings out there you could choose from, and any one of them is a gem. The latest one is a compilation. It's called How Could Anyone? her best-known song, but a lot of other wonderful songs that you'll see. You'll find Low to the Ground on that recording as well. So, Low to the Ground, Connected with the Earth. So, environmental is clearly very important to you. Peace is obviously very essential. Were you raised in a family where these were the common concerns or part of a community where this was? I realize that there's a pretty wide spectrum of belief and values in Alaska. Where did yours get nurtured? I wasn't raised as a part of a intentional community, but Anchorage was, you know, fairly small when I was younger, and we live in this vast, vast country. And many of the people who were living here, non-native people, left their families down in the lower 48 to come up here. And so the sense of community in Anchorage was very palpable, you know, where and it still is for me. Anchorage is a village inside of a larger town where many people know each other, many people look out for each other, many people realize that if you want something to happen, you better make it happen. <laughs> um, many people don't have extended family, and so there is a very strong sense of community here and I grew up with that. I also grew up with parents who had a just inherent understanding that whatever gifts you have in your life, you offer to your community in service to your community. Both of my parents were involved in some form of elective office and community service. My mother on school boards. My dad was the mayor for a while and a couple other things. So deep roots there, obviously. Well, more of the wealth of your music? Sure. Well, let's see. How about we do a song called Winter Wheat? Okay. Do they actually plant winter wheat up in Alaska? I do not believe so. We have very limited agriculture up here. That's kind of what I thought. But given that you're born and raised Alaskan, where do you get your winter wheat in? Do you have cousins or people from outside who are winter wheat farmers? I actually don't know. I'll tell you where I came up with the title. It was a song that's inspired by my great gratitude for the elders amongst us who continue to devote their lives to the needs of the world and the things we're passionate about, even as they realize that they won't see the results of their labors. So it was inspired in large part by some letters between Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, the suffragettes at the, as they neared the end of their lives. And they were writing back and forth talking about how they'd both spent 50 years just trying to secure the vote for women. And they could see that they were not going to reach that goal in their lifetimes. And as I like to say from the stage, they were kind of bummed. (laughs) But they were also celebrating the fact that they had trained up the next generation of younger people who were going to carry the torch forward. And one of them wrote to the other and said, failure is impossible. 
And the other wrote back saying, this is winter wheat we're sowing that other hands will harvest. When I was young, I thought that failure was impossible. All wrongs would be righted in my time. Now I am old, I see that failure is impossible. I pass the torch to you. Will you hold it high? For we are sowing winter wheat That other hands will harvest That they might have enough to eat After we are gone We will plant shade trees That we will not sit under We will light candles that others can see their way will struggle for justice Though we'll never see it flower our children's children We'll live in peace one day When I was young, I thought There are no human enemies People must be taught to hate and fear Now I am old, I know There are no human enemies but only souls in pain And we can reach them if we dare So we are sowing winter wheat That other hands will harvest That they might have enough to eat After we are gone Each generation passes like the leaves on an old oak tree whose roots are strong Each new generation bursts out like the spring And they will be the ones to carry on When I was young, I dreamed The earth was healed and whole again Creatures, trees, and rivers free and wild Now I am old, I dream The planet healed and whole again That dreams reborn forever In the heart of each new child So we are sowing winter wheat other hands will harvest that they might have enough to eat after we are gone we will plant shade trees that we will not sit under we will light candles that others can see their way will struggle for justice though we'll never see it flower our children's children live in peace one day we will plant shade trees that we will not sit under we will light candles that others can see their way will struggle for justice though we'll never see it flower our children's children will live in peace one day our children's children will live in peace one day all the children
Libby Roderick, the song is Winter Wheat, and actually you can find that out on YouTube. You evidently haven't put that on a recording. The message is so powerful, though, and I guess I I feel kind of like now that I'm near 60, that I'm at the winter wheat phase of my life. I'm planting it. So when I sing Winter Wheat or if I sing Gone Gonna Rise Again by Cy Khan, it's, yeah, we're part of that cycle. But even when you talk about Susan B. Anthony and Katie Stanton, both of them, I believe, were Quakers. And so they're, you know, a couple hundred years into Quaker tradition, still planting those seeds that really seem to have come to full fruition in your and my lifetimes. Exactly. Well, one of the things I like to talk about from the stage is that I look at social change work from two perspectives at all times. One is that whatever it is we're after should have happened yesterday or last year or 100 years ago, right? We should not wait for equal rights for people, right? We we cannot wait for ecological restoration and so forth. And at the same time, whenever you do any of this kind of work, all of us know that it often takes longer than a lifetime. And in fact, I have a friend who says that you should be wary of goals that take less than a lifetime to achieve. What's true is, and we don't teach our history particularly well, I don't think in the U.S., but that you know, almost everything that matters in the U.S. that has been a forward movement for us has taken collective struggle over a long period of time, whether it was the end of child labor or it was to get you know, an eight-hour work day or women's right to vote or civil rights for African Americans or what have you. This idea that we need to simultaneously insist that it happens right now in our lifetimes and also join this large, great march, as Holly Neer would say, of people before us and after us who will carry on the struggle. And I, I just, with Winter, we really wanted to honor people who keep on giving till the end of their lives. I mean, Pete Seeger is a perfect example. You know, I saw him once in his 90s where he was croaking almost instead of singing. But he was right in there with a bunch of labor organizers and workers in the South who needed help. He wasn't there as a performer. He was there throwing his weight behind their struggle right to the end. Quite lovely. Immensely lovely. Yeah, I saw him putting his voice as worn out as it was after all those years of trying to lead the crowds in finding their own energy, their own creativity, their own ability to change the world. Share some more of your thought processes through your songs, or maybe it's heart processes. I get the idea that they're very well balanced in all of your music. One song I'll put out there for you, it's a tough one. It's called What Do You Do When the Lifeboats Are Burning? And I had been invited down to a convergence sponsored by a wonderful foundation called the Spring Creek Foundation out of Corvallis, Oregon, which is really devoted to philosophy in service to the earth. It had to do with trying to come up with a new ethic for climate change, by which they mean a new articulation of the question, how shall we live? And it brought together a bunch of ethicists uh, from around the country and artists and so on. I had been invited to this months before, and I knew that I uh, wanted to bring them a song, but I wasn't coming up with anything. As I often do at that point, I sort of threw my hands up to the universe and said, well, if you want me to say something here, you better help me out because I'm getting zero. The night before I was supposed to leave, two people canceled engagements with me, and so I had some time and sat at the piano. And all I had were deeply poignant questions, because I don't know any better than anybody else does at this moment quite how we're going to turn this around. 
So I sat down at the piano. I think I was crying, and I'll, all I had was questions, and I started to play these questions and sing these questions, and the whole song just came. I, I was A word came out of the universe that I hadn't anticipated, and it sort of opened the door for the rest of the song to come out. And so the question is, you know, at the moment, we I believe this figure is we have taken something on the order of 41% more out of the earth in terms of resource extraction than we will ever be able to repay and restore. The question we're all facing these days really is, what do we do when our own lifeboats are burning? We're burning them, right? And so this was my response to that question that we all share at the moment, I think. What do you do when the life rafts are burning and your babies are inside the boat? Where do you turn when the waters are churning and you're desperate to learn how to float? How do you pray when your prayers go unanswered and each crier feels so alone? What do you do when the lifeboats are burning? You turn, 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 turn to each other, reach for each other, take one another by the hand. We'll form a life raft, a human life raft, and we'll swim towards land. If we make it, Start over If we don't, we go down together One for home, all forever Turn What do you do when the iceberg is looming And the ship isn't turning away How can you be heard when the warning bell's booming But the band just continues to play Where do you turn when the engines catch fire and the life rafts are starting to burn. What do you do when the lifeboats are burning? Turn, 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 turn to each other, reach for each other, take one another by the hand. We'll form a life raft, a human life raft, and we'll swim towards land. If we make it, we'll start over. If we don't, we go down together, one for all, all forever, turn. troubling but 
also hopeful question, what do we do when the lifeboats are burning? Libby Roderick is the artist bringing us this message of, I guess, concern and grace mixed in one. If you didn't have that chorus in there, Libby, I wouldn't have added that grace quite as much. When we turn and we we do this all as one, working together, that is where there is some hope. I'm assuming that in Alaska right now, things are as divisive as they are in Wisconsin. The population's divided about 50-50 with some real concerns about what is going to be the outcome for all of our well-beings going forward in the next year, much less the entire despoiling of our state. How tense does that feel to you in Alaska? It's very painful in Alaska, and at this moment, as we speak, uh, we are a very divided state with people on the far right prevailing. They are in our state legislature making decisions that I personally feel are perilous at a rapid rate. And one of the things that's challenging about living in Alaska is that the painful experience of our choices are up close and personal, that we have uh, many resource, quote-unquote, development questions and agendas that move forward rapidly here. And you can clearly see the choice point. I believe you were said you were talking to SciCon, and SciCon was up here recently, and we were gathering together as part of musicians against the pebble mine. And that choice point looks like it has gone the right way. I'm joyous about that. But, you know, we were proposing up here, and it's still un- impossible that it could have to go forward. But, you know, one of the largest mines on the planet that would be built on top of one of the remaining wild, intact salmon fisheries in the world. And we have these all over the place. You know, I toured for a while on behalf of preventing drilling in the Arctic Refuge up north. And we have drilling offshore that, you know, Shell was involved in. And we have coal mines that people are proposing or actualizing up here at a fairly rapid rate. And it's a perfect place for corporations to want to come and exploit because there are a few people and not as many regulations and lots of quote-unquote resources that could be turned into money. So it's a it's a tough place to live if you're somebody whose soul is pretty committed to protecting the remaining ecosystems that support life on the planet. When you talk about the arms that you're going to join with hand in hand to float, who is that? Really what I meant by that was I think we need to reach out for and connect to everyone at every point in any way that we can any heart that we can touch that assists them to continue to act in ways that are supportive of life on earth, I think we need to connect with those people. And I would never exclude anybody. You know, I think we really can't think in a way that leaves anybody behind or blames and demonizes anybody who we oppose. In terms of my political strategy and my personal strategy, I don't have enough energy to, I'm not going to, for example, spend a lot of my time trying to convert somebody who is denying that climate change exists into my ally. I'm not going to reach there for my source of personal strength to go forward. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to, however, put them outside of the pale, right? I I want all of us in the lifeboat together. But for my personal sense of how we're going to go forward, I think we need to engage anybody these days who has any creativity to contribute to possible solutions. There are people all over the planet. I think Paul Hawken was the one who was documenting this, documenting that for the first time in human history, there is this mass uprising of people who are trying to do whatever they can see to do in front of them, whether that is 
you know, working on the local foods issue or trying to reduce their carbon footprint or trying to figure out ways to assist people who are going to have to migrate because of climate impacts or they're trying to midwife indigenous traditional wisdom into the way we do business with each other, or they're bringing art in that helps to raise consciousness around what's happening to the ice flow in Greenland. People are moving, and lots of us are moving. So I think mostly I was thinking, you know, hold on to that human life raft as we try to make our way forward. But I also do mean we all need each other. Don't leave anyone behind. Well, you know, Libby, we've had such a wonderful conversation. I'm not going to be able to include all of this in the broadcast, so I want to remind our listeners that they should go to northernspiritradio.org. They're going to find a lot of depth and profundity. There'll be some more music there that they can listen to. So please, northernspiritradio.org, listen to the rest of this conversation with Libby. Libby, we do want to finish up now. What would be your last song for your Song of the Soul? Well, let's end with If the World Were My Lover. I believe strongly that love is an underutilized political force, that we protect what we love, and that we don't talk about love enough. And I have a shameless, lusty, public, passionate love affair with my whole world. (laughs) And I think many people share that sentiment. So I would love to offer that as the last song. It's just a love song to you, to your listeners, to all of us, to our beautiful world. The love comes through so clearly in your music, for we will always be deep in the heart of mysterious love. You speak it so well, you sing it so well, and you obviously work so passionately for it. I thank you for all of that. It's really inspirational. Thank you so much, Libby. Well, thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. And we go out with one last song by Libby Roderick. Her website, LibbyRoderick.com, or come by NordenSpiritRadio.org, where you'll find plenty of excerpts from this program that we couldn't include in our broadcast. If the world were my lover, we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. If the world were my lover, I would ask her to dance Under skies filled with thunder and with lightning and flame If the world were my lover, I would wrap her in leaves And build her a shelter at the close of the day If the world were my lover, I would lay down beside her And caress her with laughter and with roses and rain If the world were my lover, I would never forsake her I would always remember her name If the world were my lover and I told her a lie I would search through the danger for the source of the pain If the world were my lover and I lashed out in fear I would fight like a warrior to redeem her again If the world were my lover, even deep in my anger I would always forgive her, never leave her to blame If the world were my lover, I would never forsake her I would always remember her name And I would do the same for you The same for you For you are my world And I would do whatever I must do Whatever to be true To a lover of such beauty 
If the world were my lover, I would venture my life to try and protect her against hunger and pain. If the world were my lover, I would walk by her side. Every step may remind her that her heart knows the way. If the world were my lover, I would hold her so tender as she wept at the horrors that I cannot explain. If the world were my lover, I would never forsake her. I would always remember her name, and I would do the same for you. The same for you, for you are of my world, and I would do whatever I must do, whatever to be true to a lover of such beauty. Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song